Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s. On KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. All right, Southern. (laughs) I almost said, all right, Southern Michigan. Southern Indiana? No, South Dakota. (laughs) Southern Carolina. No, it's Southern California, dummy. All right. Well, it's also my favorite day. Every day is a favorite day, isn't it? But today is special. That's right. Full moon lunar eclipse in the next 14 hours or so. And things have been busy this week. Hey, if you're born in the 40s or the 50s, had a rough week this week, huh? Going a little berserk, perhaps? If there was a seatbelt in my apartment, I would have put it on by now. Let me tell you. It's not that I'm worried about an earthquake or anything. It's just life-shaking, destiny-shaping occurrences that go on during these heavy, heavy transits. And I think the topics we've done this week on the Astrology Hour have been totally apropos for the type of energy that we've been dealing with here as a lot of people have been going through strange vibrations. Weird vibrations, good vibrations, bad vibrations. Anyway, today's topic is on karmic transits. We've been talking a lot about karma and transits all this week. Today we're going to compare the difference between karma in the natal chart, which is what we talked about yesterday, or the karma you are born with, and the approaching or the current karmic trends or choices you are going through. You see, you might be born with a blessed chart. Doesn't mean a thing. Does not mean a thing if you're born with a blessed chart, because every day, every second, you are totally tested. You are 150% tested, which means you can blow your karma at any given moment. It's like someone saying, hey, you want to ride this horse over here for a second? This horse's name is Lucky. You don't know this horse's world champion rodeo bucking bronco, but because you like to go horseback riding, you go, sure, I'll take the reins of that puppy. End up you getting thrown off within like five seconds. Well, that's what this show is all about. I'm going to reveal to you exactly what to look for when you're having a transit that can be stemmed or identified as karmic, meaning that you would be subjected to making a major choice that can affect your karma banks. If you make the wrong choice, and it ends up being a choice that would result in pain and agony and frustration and suffering, then obviously you have incurred some negative vibration to your soul or a karmic vibration. If you make the proper choice that is not selfish or not to what I'd say obsessive, then maybe you make it a good decision to your soul. So anyway, let's take a look at certain parts of the chart and be hypothetical for a moment. Hypothetically speaking, What happens is, let's say you have a chart that is blessed in many areas. Like, I'll give you an example. I have a blessed Jupiter, and that means that there's no afflictions on it. An affliction is a square or an opposition. What's a square? Well, that means that there's a planet in my chart that would be three signs away or at an exact right angle to the Earth from another planet, and that is called a square or a 90-degree aspect, and that gets a red line. If you can identify the squares in your natal chart, You can actually connect the two planets with a red line and then write square on it, and then you'll know that that's a stress aspect or an affliction. And an affliction in astrology isn't bad. It just lets us know where we're going to grow and where the learning and where the schooling is going to occur (laughs) in that part of our chart, in that part of our life. An opposition occurs when a planet in our chart is exactly opposite another planet in our chart or 180-degree aspect, six full signs, 
six signs, 30 is 180. And that also is another karma aspect that also shows us the lessons we must learn. Squares typically are aspects that show us where we're our own worst enemies. And oppositions are aspects that show us where we create people in our lives that are wrong for us. So they're like the mountains we must climb to overcome. Squares are more like we ourselves act as the karma catalyst, and oppositions are afflictions or aspects where we create other people in our lives that still act as a karma catalyst. Now, that's an affliction. Now, as you're looking at your natal chart, you might find one or two or three planets that are unafflicted. They have no squares. They have no oppositions. In fact, they have beautiful trines and sextiles. They're blessed. You look at this part of your life. Some people are going, nope, Farley, everything in my chart's got squares and oppositions. It's totally afflicted. Okay, well, then you got lots of karma, buddy. But anyway, at the same time, if you do find an area of your chart like I do, like my Mars is unafflicted, it's just got a bunch of sextiles on it. And my Jupiter's unafflicted. It has a bunch of trines and sextiles. And my Uranus is unafflicted. It has just one sextile on it. And uh, is there anything else? No, everything else has. No, my rising sign's unafflicted. It's got a bunch of sextiles on it, too. So these are areas of my chart that are pretty much blessed. Aha! But see, there are two charts that we always deal with in astrology. See, like, in the natal chart, you have 11 basic factors to be aware of and to understand. Your sun sign, your moon sign, your rising sign, then your Mercury sign, your Venus sign, your Mars sign, your Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto sign. Those are the 11 factors you are born with that you absorb at birth. Now, there's another 11 factors that you have to be aware of that is also part of your chart. See, your chart is two things. It is a fixed circuit of your birth, a fixed vibration that you were born with at birth. The way you can see your chart beating, like a living cosmic heart, right, is to be aware of the moving planets that have not stopped. See, like, this is a chart of your birth, the natal chart, the astroscope chart, is a chart of your birth frozen. These are the planets frozen. This is your oneness. This is your identity. This is your uniqueness. When those planets were stopped, when you took that first breath, you went, wah, you know, that was like, that's your natal chart, okay? <laughs> that wah. Some babies don't go wah, they go, heh, you know, but anyway, <laughs> you do something weird when you're born. But then there's the fluidity of your life, right? The beating of the cosmic heart is portrayed by the moving planets that never stop. See, the natal planets show us your cosmic circuit or your cosmic identity or the oneness that you have gained at birth, the moving planets or the fluid planets show us, let's say, like this is like the clock of the zodiac. They tell us what time it is in our life as far as relationships, career, childhood, finances, work situations, health situations, marriage, partners, sex life, friends, goals, anything you can think of. Anything you can think of can be triggered by the moving planets. See, like, if we lived in a universe that was frozen and none of the planets move, life would be boring because everybody would seem like a clone. Everybody would seem, we'd look at each other and we'd say, do you have a mood today? No, you don't feel moody? There's no energy vibration. There's no ocean. There's no pistons. There's no vehicle. There's no engine going on. See, the moving planets serve as the engine. So the point of today's topic is that when the moving planets trigger certain zones of influence in your natal chart, when they aspect or afflict unafflicted planets in your chart, that can create a karma where a karma didn't exist. Do you understand? It's like you could have earned an area in your life where, let's say, you were a blessed sage or a blessed philosopher, and boom, have a Jupiter square your Jupiter, and normally your Jupiter was not afflicted, and suddenly you're being offered the cosmic fudge brownie, right? You're being offered a chance to be selfish, to be obsessed, and to release your humility for some kind of greed or avarice, and all of a sudden, you feel pain where you don't necessarily have to feel pain. 
I'll give the example of the woman who's born with a Venus trine Mars who marries the man who has the Mars trine Saturn and the Venus trine Saturn. They both have beautiful Venuses and Marses, unafflicted, happily married for 15 years, no problems. Three beautiful children, right? Then suddenly, they have a karmic transit. Saturn moves into Capricorn and opposes her unafflicted Mars in Cancer. She has a Mars trine Neptune. She's shown a happy marriage, stability with men. And then Saturn goes into Capricorn, and it's opposition her Mars. The transiting Saturn goes opposition her Mars, and karma strikes. The marriage isn't so stable anymore. It's not so happy. She's given a choice to divorce and separate from this man. She feels uncomfortable with him. It's not as stable as she thought it was. Even though the astrologer said she was blessed with a lifelong marriage, she's finally dealing with a karma from the transiting Saturn. Not the fixed Saturn, but the transiting Saturn. So see, even though you might think you have a blessed chart, because you look at your chart and it's filled with trines and sextals and not many afflictions, when the planets move through the zodiac, they set off your chart anyway. They force you into karmic patterns. They force you into choices that might be selfish or might be separatist or might be obsessed. Heavy, huh? No one's safe. No one's safe from the transiting planets. Now, following your transits is very important. The way you learn how to follow your transits is, first of all, you have to get the feel of the zodiac. First of all, the zodiac is a circle. It's a round circle, 360 degrees. It's easy to understand that. You divide the circle in 12 slices of pie. Get which are the 12 signs of the zodiac. Each sign takes up one twelfth of the circle. You remember your elementary school? One twelfth of the circle, 360 degrees, 12 into 360 equals 30. So each sign has 30 degrees or 30 slots that any one planet could go. So if you want to identify a planetary location, then be aware that you're dealing with 12 signs and each sign has 30 slots or 30 degrees where a planet could go. Now, we're talking about numbers, which means that you can take the time, if you want to be one of my favorite students, you can sit there after the show today or during the weekend and write down your planets on a piece of paper, your 11 factors, figure out what they are, and write them down on a piece of paper with their sign and their degree. Now, in your astroscopes, you'll notice on the wheel, there's two numbers for each planet. Now, if you haven't filled in your abbreviations yet, shame on you. Because we don't have an abbreviation column in the bottom by accident. You know, they're, they're, this is really important. What you are supposed to do is notice that your chart looks like 12 pieces of pie too. And your chart has the 11 factors, sun, moon, rising, and all the planets somewhere located in that pie. Like it says in my chart, SU, which down at the bottom, SU means equals sun. Okay, so I write sun next to SU. And LE, and down at the bottom, LE says Leo. And before the LE, it says 1818. LE 52. The first number is the degree, one of those 30 notches in Leo. So my son, SU, is 18 degrees LE Leo, and the 52 is not as important. You know, it's it just means there's 60 minutes in every degree. This, we're getting technical now, but my son just happens to be the 18th degree of Leo, and the second number is the 52nd minute. Big deal. For this homework today, you don't have to memorize your minutes unless you want to be a superstar in astrology, right? But knowing your degrees are important. Okay, let's see where my moon is. My moon, M-O, it says M-O equals moon at the bottom. I'll write that in. That's the moon. One seven seventeen degrees. That's the first number Farley said. S-C Scorpio. Do you have your abbreviations filled in? You better grab your pen and do it right now. But Okay. Anyway, you have 17 degrees Scorpio moon, and it says 09 minutes. One seven degrees, 09 minutes. And then let's see my mercury. It says M-E, M-E equals mercury. One eight eighteen. 
and it says L.E. Leo, and then 48, 1848. So my Mercury is 18 degrees. See, you go through your whole chart, and you list your planets, because it's impossible to follow your transits unless you know where your planets are. So I tell everyone, in order to be a real astrology student, you must memorize your planets. How the hell are you supposed to follow your transits if you don't know where your planets are, right? So you're not going to get advanced into astrology until you sit down and memorize your planets. So this is important. So my Venus is 5 degrees Cancer. My Mars is 15 degrees Libra. My Jupiter is 19 degrees Sag. My Saturn is 25 degrees Leo. My Uranus is 29 degrees Gemini. My Neptune is 10 degrees Libra. My Pluto is 14 degrees Leo. And my rising sign is 20 degrees Libra, or what is right over there where the 9 would be on the clock face, the far left edge of the circle is the rising degree. You can circle that part of your chart. 9 o'clock, circle it. That's your rising degree. It says 2-0 above an L-I, which is Libra, and then 1-7 on the bottom. 20 degrees, 17 minutes, Libra rising. So now I know my chart. Now I know I have 20 Libra rising, 18 Leo sun, 17 Scorpio moon, and the rest of my planets. Now knowing my chart, memorized my planets, I know where they are. I now know all my numbers, which means when Farley gives out the planetary news report at the beginning of the show every day, which I should record every day, or at least in case you know how to follow an ephemeris, you can now follow your karmic transits. How? Because whenever I call out a number for any other sign, that will aspect a number in your chart. Did you know that? That's right. Any number called out in the whole zodiac. See, because aspects go in blocks of 30. That's right. My Leo sun at 18 is going to be aspected by a Virgo transit at 18. That's a semi-sextal. That's kind of nice. By a Libra transit at 18. That's a sextal. That means a moving planet in the sky, right, is at Libra 18 degrees, and that is in a gravitational effect to my Leo sun at 18. That's called a transit. When a planet in the sky is setting off or triggering a planet in my chart with the same number. Is that clear to all of you? It better be clear. I want to pound this into your head today. Boom, boom, boom. Now, when there's a planet in the sky at 18 Scorpio, bingo, my 18 Leo sun is, that's one, two, three signs away. It's square. A Scorpio transit at 18 is square my 18 Leo sun. That's one of those karma transits. Remember I said at the beginning of the topic, squares and oppositions in the natal chart show the karma at birth, and square and opposition transits show karmic situations currently going on. Now we're starting to get into perspective how life works, right, students? Okay, very good. Now, when another moving planet in the sky goes to 18 Sag, that's one, two, three, four signs away from my 18 Leo sun. It is trying my Leo sun. Bingo, that's a good day. I'm having a moon trying my sun on that day or whatever planets in Sag trying my sun. That's a dharmic transit. I'm doing something good for somebody or myself on that day. Then when that same moving planet in the sky goes to Capricorn, that's five signs away from my 18 Leo sun. It's now 18 Capricorn. That's a quinx, 150 degrees away. It's also called an inconjunct. And that's also a karma. Not quite as intense as the square of the opposition. We don't even show this transit in our transit forecast, but it's subtle. It's a subtle effect that can be karmic. Another biggie is when that planet in the sky is a full six signs away or half the zodiac away from my 18 sun. It's 18 Aquarius. Boo, I don't like 18 Aquarius. I don't like those oppositions because we know we get whacked upside the head when that happens. When you memorize your numbers in your chart, when you know your planets, and you start following my forecast every day, If you have a transit forecast in front of you, so you can actually read the transit you're having, how long it lasts, when it peaks, what it means, 
then you start to get the feel of the rhythm and the cycles of astrology. And that's what this show is all about. We're trying to help you learn how to validate the power of astrology and how it works and how it affects you and how it affects your karma. See? So whenever I call a number out in my transits and you have a number in your chart, you're having a transit. And if it's a square or a quinx or an opposition number that day, meaning it's either three signs away, five signs away, or six signs away from a planet in your chart, you're having a karmic experience that day. And if it's a long transit, like if it's from coming from Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, or Pluto, or even Mars right now, because Mars is locked in Aries for so long, then you know this is going to be a long karma. You're being asked to make a major review of your life, and maybe a major process or separation or dumping of something that is anchoring you, holding you down, making you greedy, selfish, or obsessed, and totally not positive to your current life structure and life growth. And that's what this topic's about. When you identify karma, when you identify a return or a reflection of a vibration from a past life or something naughty you did from this lifetime, it's the planetary movements in the sky that trigger these experiences or these reflections that come back to us. Uh, These experiences we have that are strange, like people getting sick on you or relationships having problems or money falling through the roof or health situations, these don't crop up by accident. These happen because of transits. Transits impel these reflections that create need for choices that can help pull you away from a negative, karmic, painful situation. Is that clear to everybody? See, like, I know where my Venus is. It's five Cancer. So whenever anything goes into five Libra, five Virgo, five Scorpio, five Sag, five Capricorn, five Aquarius, five Pisces, five Aries, five Taurus, five Gemini, five Leo, then I'm having a transit to that Venus. And see, the heavy thing about transits is that their major effect is four degrees approaching, right? Which means anything from one to five of a sign, I'm already in aspect, and two degrees passing. So we're talking about an eight-degree orb, it's called, for all transiting effects. Now, this is getting interesting, isn't it? Because now you have 11 zones in your chart, your 11 areas for planets. And each one of those zones covers four degrees in front of the planet and two degrees passing from any sign aspecting. So we're all having a lot of transits every day. That's how life works. Isn't this fun? I mean, like, aren't you glad you decided to listen to the Astrology Hour today? All right. Yeah. My friend Roger Reinhardt, we went to astrology school together. When he first learned about transits, he made up a song for me. I was having a transit one day, a little karma here. It goes, I'm having a transit, a tropical transit. It isn't surprising, my Saturn is rising. Anyway, whenever I have a transit, just to let me know it's okay, it's just a karma. See, I just sing that song. It's fun to follow astrology. It's fun to prove astrology works. It's fun to help validate it. But I think the major purpose of astrology is understanding why you were born, what you were meant to do, what lessons you were meant to learn, where you're your weakest at, where you're strongest at, when you go through your trials and tribulations, what they mean, and understanding them to help overcome them. Some people are afraid of astrology. They don't want to know about it. A lot of times, not all the time, I consider life a gauntlet. Remember when Daniel Boone had to run down the gauntlet of the two rows of Indians and they just whipped the heck out of a Life can be a gauntlet with a blindfold in the dark. Or you can study astrology like me, take the blindfold off, and at least you'll know where to dodge before you get hit. That's the way I see it. So if you really want to learn about what's happening in your life and you want to be like Farley in so doing, 
then you'll learn about these transits. They are absolutely necessary in understanding and validating the rhythm and the cycle of astrology. Now, this topic is important because I want you to know that these long transits we go through, like let's say you already have an afflicted planet in your chart, like you have a planet like Mars that already has a T-square on it, you know, Mars square Uranus, Mars opposed Saturn, and then on top of that you have Jupiter and Saturn in the sky setting it off with squares and oppositions. Certain times in your life can be harder than others because of these hard transits. The hard transits, they don't mean that life is hard, they just mean that your chart is being set off in a way that it's usually real obvious what the effect is, which is a square or an opposition. They are the most obvious of the astrological aspects or transits. If you are wondering more and you want to know more about transits and what all the numerous insurmountable possibilities mean, moon square Mars, Venus opposed Mars, Mars trine Venus, there's thousands of them, I can suggest the book Transits Simplified by Sequoian and Acker. It's hardcore. This is a very heavy book. They don't pull any punches. They give you all the hardcore options, right? Accidents, life and death, transition. So this book is heavy. It's for heavyweights, not for the squeamish. But I like it. I like to know what the possibilities are here, what I need to overcome. Transit Simplified by Sequoia and Acker. If you want an easier book, a little lighter, you know, a little more not so intense, I like Planets in Transit by Rob Hand. That also explains to you what it means when planets go into different houses and what they mean. And we do need books to supplement our learning. So pick up those books. Also, Secrets from a Stargazer's Notebook, of course, by Debbie Kempton-Smith, or Astrology for Yourself by Douglas Block. You know you're having a karma when you don't feel good. For whatever reason, I don't care what it is, whether it's mental, physical, emotional, or spiritual, if you're not feeling good, trust me, 99 times out of 100, you're having a hard transit. It helps to understand what that transit is and how long it's going to last to help you understand it and overcome it. So there, a nice week of topics for all of you people interested in transits and karma, just like I am. Let's go to Janine now, who's been patient. On line one, a Taurus with Libra rising high. Hi, what a wonderful show and uplifting. Boy, oh boy, I'm going to play this one again and again. Yeah, I'm going to sit there and just put that on auto-reverse until I'm going ga-ga-goo-goo over transits. It's terrific from beginning up to now so far. Fantastic, Farley, and a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Gosh, you hold a Taurus on the line and talk about your tea you're drinking. You make the Taurus thirsty, and then (laughs) I'm thinking of ordering something before you get those hippos on there. (laughs) Well, you know, I'll be honest with you. I've had a hard week. I've been trying hard to be at my best on the air. My dad's in the hospital this week. He's had a little problem, and I know that he needs lots of love and lots of light. The worst thing people can do when people around us are feeling bad or when they're having health problems is worry and think negative thoughts. So I prefer getting on the radio and beaming as a beacon and sending that light to him in the hospital and everyone else that needs light too. You know what I mean? Yes, I know, and I'm sure that when you just said that, he got a lot of well wishes when you said that. Well, he's got a big piece of celestite from Madagascar. His chakras are probably wide open. He's probably saying, let me out of here. I got work to do. He's probably out of bed right now. We said so much love to him. Oh, right. Say, uh, what I called about was I'm getting ready to start a big new page in my life, and I'm moving into a new apartment, and you mentioned on your show last week because of the moon wobble, not to start anything new before the 15th. So which day between now and then should I? <laughs> between the 15th of September? Between now and the 15th, yeah. What's well, the 14th and the 15th is good. I would probably do it the 14th or the 15th. 
Yeah, right. But I can start taking things over, but I just don't officially get in before then. No comment. <laughs> no, actually, you know what, Janine? You learn more about astrology remembering that you moved into this apartment during a moon wobble. If you are disappointed with it or anything like that, for any reason you are disappointed with the move, then you'll know it was the moon wobble, okay? Yeah, but wait, if I don't officially say I'm moving in until I, I can start taking some stuff in there, but if I don't officially plunk my little body down to spend the night until the 15th, then I'm okay, aren't I? It's hard for me to be a judge of that. You know, when you start moving stuff over, that's a beginning. You're planting seeds. You're putting little seeds in the apartment, you know. Come on, don't try to hide. I got to go. Oh, you mean you're leaving me on that? You didn't give me the thing and you've got my chart. Come on, buddy. I got to go. You've had enough. <laughs> oh, Farley. I got to talk to a lot of people today. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Bye-bye. She wants me to tell her it's not going to be, you know, what you do is you start the move on the 14th or the 15th like a good little girl. You don't sneak things over during the peak of a moon wobble. Eric is a Gemini Libra rising. Hi, Eric. How are you doing? Excellent. How are you? Good. Good topic. Thank uh, you. I had a couple of, uh, actually another major rebirth here in the last month. Uh, I moved into another apartment. And I'm also starting my business up, so I uh, just uh, wondered how it looks on your end there. You're starting the business up during the moon wobble right now? Uh, no, it's actually, I already had it started, so it's going okay. Your chart overall looks good. You know, it looks real good for progress. Mm -hmm. You need to be patient. It might take a few months or even about a year or two for you to get into full gear. Right. But if there was a big investment in the business or even any investment, it might take you a little while longer to recover it. Advertising and promotions and publicity are the key to any new business venture for you. Right. Okay? Great. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Wayne is a New Year's baby, Libra rising Capricorn. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Farley. How you doing? It's good to have some guys call. All these ladies' watches are flying out of here. Yeah, it's been about six months since I talked to you. How you been? Great. Good. Yeah, I'm just curious about uh, what's happening. But by the way, it's an interesting topic. Thank right. you. And just wanted to see what was on the horizon and career and uh, relationships. Okay, you have to be careful, in my opinion, because you might sense some kind of shake-up on approach here. I think you've had periods in your life when, when you've been put through either emotional ordeals or shockers or unexpected changes that affect your moods or could make you depressed or worried or irritable. Are you aware of that? Mm, possibly. Okay, you have Mars and Saturn in, in Cancer, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And they're both square Jupiter in Libra, right? Uh, sounds right. Okay. Now, Venus in Cancer is going over your Mars-Saturn conjunction, and it's going to square your Jupiter. So your personal relationships and overall balance in your life could be affected this week. I want you to know that. It could affect career, finances, and love life. So that's why it's a good week to kind of be calm and centered and not try to do too much. When you say effect, it could be positive or negative? Or? Well, everything in astrology is positive. We're just always shown what to let go of and what to process, although we're stubborn on letting things go that we th we're obsessed with sometimes. Mm -hmm. See, you're at Libra rising, so the cancer stuff's in your 10th house and the Libra stuff's in your first house, so your career and personal character are being affected during this transit, which could mean lots of work and lots of stress. Okay? For how long? <laughs> About a week or two. About a week or two? Nothing, you don't say anything in terms of personal relationship, new relationships or anything like that? Uh, well, uh, the relationships should be hot this week from the Virgo transits. Does something new happen? Mm, the only thing new is I'm looking for a new roommate, uh, the first. And uh, so that's the primary thing on my mind right now. I... You're early Libra rising, right? Uh, where is that on my chart? Well, it's uh, don't worry about it. it. Mars is on your near your descendant anyway. 
so it would show a possible new meeting for you. But you'd have to get out there and promote yourself a lot to get things going in all areas right now. I wouldn't spend much time sitting at home watching TV or anything, okay? Okay. See you later. Thanks, sir. Bye-bye. Let's go to Adrian, line 8, September 20th, 65, Scorpio Rising. Hi, Aid. Hi. How are you? I'm going crazy. Going berserk. <laughs> I have, like, massive changes coming up here, emotionally, financially, living situation, career. You're your own psychic. I love it. <laughs> I have a lot of changes coming up, Farley. <laughs> Me too. What? It's been happening. It's been happening. And today, I'm getting a new place. I found out that I have to. And I'm excited about it. And I'm just wondering what I should expect. I actually don't need keys. I need keys to survival right now. <laughs> and basically, general forecast. Well, you know, you are getting your new apartment during a moon wobble. No, I'm, no, I shouldn't say I'm getting it. I want to get it, and it feels really good, and I want to live there. So I'm mm-hmm. hoping for the best. Well, it should be okay because I like the location, the aspects in your chart right now. You have Uranus in Virgo that does show improved residence better than you're used to. You could have been through some real weird residence. I, actually, I just got out of a beautiful one, but it was weird emotionally for me. I don't know why it was a drain, but it was. Mm-hmm. But you are showing an improvement as the years go on also. I don't expect you're going to stay in this one as long as you think, though. Right. Neither do I. Okay. But overall, there's a good vibration surrounding it, and I wish you luck, too. Okay. And one more question, real quick. Emotional. Um, I'm always involved with Scorpios. It feels good, but I just... Yeah, it's because you're obsessed with sex, probably, right? (laughs) Scorpio rising, Venus and Mars and Scorpio. I mean... As they go. I mean, do you think it's on your mind a little bit too much? No. Oh, now, come on. How much of the day do you spend fantasizing? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> no, come on. 20%? Yeah. Okay. Now, some of us don't spend any of the day fantasizing, and you're spending 20% every day. I think that's a pretty big no. Everybody agrees out there. You know, the Virgo ladies are going, I think 20% a day on sex is a little bit too much. <laughs> no, seriously, when you have that much Scorpio in your chart, rising Venus and Mars, You're naturally attracted to sexual people, Mm -hmm. and Scorpio people radiate that vibration. Now, you might not get the kind of response from other people as you get from Scorpios. Never. They'll just bask in all your Scorpio. They're like, yeah, baby, let's go back to my apartment, you know. (laughs) Good luck with your problem, Adrian. Try Sex Addicts Anonymous. (laughs) Bye-bye. She's laughing. How would you like to have Venus and Mars and Rising in Scorpio? It's not easy. Okay, let's go over here to Chris on line six, who is a Leo. Another Scorpio rising, right, Chris? You got another Scorpio rising going crazy. How much of your day do you fantasize on sex? Uh, not too much lately. I've been trying Only 70%, no. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay. Um, this is my selfish call. Okay. Uh, like a compatibility between myself and a young man, gay relationship. Okay. Uh, May 19th, 1970. Okay, May 19, 1970, and let's see if he has any Virgo support, which most gay men have, so... If he fits the normal profile here. And, aha, now he has the Gemini. You have the Virgo, he has the Gemini. Uh-huh. Uh, which is interesting because his Mars is square your Mars. Okay. So this is an exciting relationship, but sometimes Mars squares and gay relationships are more like infatuations. Does this seem to be like an overwhelming relationship? Uh, it, uh, well, <laughs> sexually it's been, uh, Fantastic, but there's already been a few ups and downs as far as uh, emotionally. Yeah, Mars squares usually fight a lot. Yeah. So, you know, I can't say it's soulmates or anything, but I will say it's an adventure. (laughs) Maybe you should record your fights and play it back to him and say, I want to show you what a Mars square Mars means, okay? Good luck, Chris. Okay, Farley, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.
Hi, Ruth. How are you? Hi, Farley. How are you? Excellent. I'm doing great. My dad's feeling better, thank God, so everything's all right. I know, and he all has our prayers, too. That's right. We're surrounding his heart and his body with a bright purple light, and he's at Cedar sinai Fred Malaris, and he's going to be great, I know. I know that, too. Farley, I'm going into a new business. I'm concerned about this moon wobble a little bit, and yet as I look at my transit, I have a seven-star day on September the 7th and also on September the 11th. Would those be good days for me to put my name on the dotted line? Yeah, yeah, uh, well, sort of. I would say yes, but I like the 14th better. Okay, well, now, um, I come down to a five-star day on September the 16th. Then go for the 16th, then. That would be best. Yeah, and also... I don't see any re- way you can fail at this business. Jupiter will be in your money house for a whole year. As long as you don't over-budget or over-expend or waste your profits, you should do quite well in it. Oh, that sounds good. And also, I just discovered that I am a Scorpio moon also, as you are. You're 17 degrees. I'm 18 degrees. Am I as sexy as you are? Well, what are you doing later, baby? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Levin, huh? You're 1928. I'm 1948. Let's go for it, right? Well, they say there's a trend for uh, younger men and more mature women these days. Let me ask you a question. Are you sexually obsessed sometimes? No, I'm not. In Boy, fact, I'd like to learn that lesson. Uh, <laughs> no. I, you know, I just have settled down to one really great guy, and, oh. uh, you know, it's just wonderful. Well, that's good. But he doesn't think I'm sexy enough, and his moon is in Aquarius. Oh, my gosh. Film at 11 on this one, huh? Yeah, but I'll tell you, <laughs> it's okay. I'm not complaining. Okay, thank you, Ruth. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Uncle Ross on line four, the famous Libra Scorpio rising. Yeah, how are you, folks? We know you're not obsessed with sex, right? God, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a break with that Scorpio. Yeah? As soon as you're born with Scorpio in your chart, somebody rings your bell and you go, I know astrology works now. Yeah. I just wanted to say you've been so uplifting all week. Uh, uh, if your dad's been listening, he's getting it too. Uh, we're all sending our, our prayers out. You know, you reinforce all of us out here in Radio Land every day, and uh, you're becoming an obsession. I get really <laughs> I can't. I, I can't hear your show. This week's topics have really been kind of scary because I look at my transits and I got Mars opposing Mars and Mars square Neptune and Mars square Venus and Mars square Pluto. And, and we talked about that long ocean voyage, but I can't seem to manage that. Yeah. Uh, so now what do I do? <laughs> when you have that many transits, a lot of windows open and, you know, a lot of possibilities. Sometimes you want to lock yourself up into a rubber room during those transits because Mars transits are a little dangerous. You can cut yourself or you can have an accident or you can be clumsy. Or you can overwork yourself, burn out, push yourself, blow out your battery, your life's battery. So that's why you need to be more spiritual and meditative during these transits. Well, that's what I've been doing, listening to your tapes and reading the books on transits and, and trying to keep my mind off the other stuff. It's really been a trying. Would you do one thing for me real quick? No way. <laughs> no way. You have to, no, I'm just kidding. What do you want? In the middle of a thing about residence change and uh, whether negotiations are good now or wait till the first of the year. It sounds like that to me. Boy, all you Scorpio Risings are into residence changes. You know, Ross, with Mars going back over your Uranus again, retrograde, Uranus is the lord of your home, Mm -hmm. because Aquarius on the fourth house cusp. So, you know, Mars will try in your Saturn. So I'd say around mid-September, late September is the time to make your move. Oh, good. Okay? (laughs) See you later, guy. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Lynn, the Taurus Libra Rising. Hi. Hi, I just want to tell you today, I think this is your best show. You're kidding. Well, 
one of the all-time best. And I just talked to you yesterday, and you're calling me back with a positive vibration today. I can't, I can't help it. God bless you, Lynn. I love you for it. Well, thank you. Hey, you're giving me something today. Well, you give me a lot. Oh, this is one of my best shows. Absolutely, Farley. Karmic Transits, dedicated to Fred Malaris. Yes. Laying there in intensive care in Cedar sinai I really send all my best to him. You know, when I did the topic Monday on heavy transits, I forgot to mention my dad's got like seven cardinals in his chart. Oh. Boy, the Cancers and the Aries and Libras and Capricorns got hit hard this week, I'll yeah. tell you. Wow. I have a girlfriend that's an Aquarius that's going into surgery today. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a weird week right now. Yeah. Thank you, Lynn. Hey, thanks, and all the best. Bye-bye. Bye. That's okay, as long as she's in surgery before 4 o'clock. No problem. After 4 o'clock, no comment. Okay, Carol is a Sag Aquarius rising. Hi. Hi, Farley. Yo, thanks for calling. Yeah. What can we do for your happy face today? Oh, I switched jobs last month. Real good. Yeah, but now I'm wondering if I should have. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think you should have probably stayed with the other job, right? It wouldn't go as far as this one will. Uh-huh. Well, is that your question? I'm wondering if I should keep trying at this one or just go for another one. Well, with Pluto playing around near your midheaven up there, jobs are going to be a focal issue for quite some time, as they have been already. And you are having the Pluto square Pluto in the midlife crisis transit, so it is making career choices rather uncomfortable as of late. Oh, yes. So there's almost no real answer. You know, it's like you can try to squirm your way around into a certain career situation you think is good. But with Pluto square Pluto, it's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm having the same thing. I'm having Pluto square my 10th house Pluto right now. So before I get on the air, I'm like, ah, rah, 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 rah. and then I get on the air like, hi, this is Farley Mallet. Then after the show, it's like, ah, rah, rah. you know, it is kind of really a strange situation for sure. But just keep the faith because in about a year, you should be through it. <laughs> a year. <laughs> okay. One more year. That's not funny though, but have a good day. Okay. Thank you, Farley. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, I'm pretty much out of time here, but I love you all. Remember, there's a moon wobble, full moon, lunar eclipse tomorrow morning, 3.20 in the morning. So get a good night's sleep, stay calm, stay centered, and I love you. And we'll see you real soon every weekday and Monday on KFOX 93.5 FM 12 noon. Bye, everybody. Bye.